The frosty air has been tinged with the acrid smell of logs burning on 19th century hearths. Gas lamps have been flickering near gated mews, hidden gardens or sedate churchyards, and the sidewalks have edged not skyscrapers arranged in uniform grids, but a low-lying landscape of three- and four-story row houses, many now lodging offbeat boutiques, pricey bistros, and the occasional dark-paneled pub, all closed for business at this early hour. A corner on Hudson was the woman's first stop, the site of a four-story federal-style townhouse occupied for the last ten decades by the Village Blend Coffee House. As she reached for the old brass handle, the beveled glass door swung wide, vomiting out three pubescent NYU students with a gust of roasting coffee. Ah, yes whispered the genius, that heavenly smell. The earthy aroma drifted across the cobblestones on the crisp fall air, a siren's call of freshly frothed cappuccinos, warm pastries, anise biscotti, and bracing espressos. But entering the blend was not an option, not for the genius, not until the objective was achieved. One push timed just right. One simple push. Until then, there would be no cozy fireplace, no foamed milk, no buttery croissant. Across the street, the genius shifted from foot to foot on the cold sidewalk, eyes peering through the blend's twelve-foot-tall front windows. Like trendy cattle, a dozen customers milled around the coffee bar counter. The woman placed her order with a lanky young man, waited a few minutes, then collected a paper cup from a petite brunette. At last, the door swung wide again. An enviable puff of aromatic steam rose from the cup when it hit the cold air. For a moment, Valerie Latham's snug green cargo pants paused on the sidewalk to touch her full lips to the edge of the lid. A shiver of delight followed and the genius struggled against a sharp memory of another place the woman's lips had touched, that place on him and on other men. For a moment, the genius had trouble breathing. One push, timed just right. Then the slut continued her journey, hiking north and east to 14th and Broadway, where a wide public area of grass, tress, and benches formed Union Square Park. On Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, the wide concrete border to the west of the park was reserved for metered parking. On Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, however, cars were banned, and an open-air farmer's market appeared. Regional growers from New Jersey, Long Island, and upstate New York packed the white-tented stands with produce. The genius trailed the slut as she visited table after table, purchasing organically grown apples and carrots, three kinds of homemade jams, a jar of natural honey, and finally a fresh-baked loaf of whole wheat bread. These were intended for the slut's elderly grandmother, whom she visited uptown every Saturday, most likely in an effort to cinch some share of inheritance. The R-train had been the slut's transport of choice for the last two Saturdays, and when she headed toward the subway stairs again today, the genius allowed a small exhale of relief.
Below ground, the northwest entrance provided a bank of MetroCard machines and a token booth, which hadn't sold tokens since 2003. The slot had already purchased her MetroCard, so she strode across the black-spotted concrete floor, past the vending machines to the turnstiles, and swiped the bright yellow rectangle through the silver slot. An almost imperceptible click sounded as the machine deducted the cost of the ride from the card. Then, with a kerchunk kerchank, the slut pushed through the metal spider and strode toward the stairwell on the left, leading down another level to the Broadway Line's uptown platform. After waiting thirty seconds, the genius swiped a pre-purchase metro card just as the slut had. But there was no click. The little screen embedded in the silver turnstile arm read, Stop. Please swipe your card again at this turnstile. The genius swiped. The stop remained.